Closer, and welcome to Tales of Wales, the pod that welcomes you with great big sweaty drunk open arms, which you enjoy at first, but after on the 40 minute mark or so, you start to regret your decisions and will probably turn off and listen to something a bit more palatable. But until then, welcome uh, your host, Franks, and my confidant, Jack. Your baby boy, your baby mate, your fucking boy of a thousand words. Yeah. My, my boy. Hi. <laughs> Hello again. <laughs> Um, how are you, mate? I've just been speaking to you for about an hour, but let's go pretend we haven't. Let's pretend that we haven't. Let's pretend we got something new to share with each other. Well, we yeah, do sort of, don't we? We've um, we've we been do. keeping, we've been keeping. We we've not spoke to each other an awful lot this week, which I think is sad. Mm. But it's it, it, we did save it for. If you listen to the last episode, you'll have heard. Um, I, uh, this maybe for the next episode, you can give us an update on your walking on your new pink. Uh, uh, what's it called? Walkathoner. Treadmill. It? Walkathoner. Tre- that's it. That's what the, that's what the fucking scientists call it. The old fucking walkathoner. Yeah. Yeah. But um, did you hold anything back to reveal for this for this week's uh, intro? Yes, and we have another major announcement within, especially the the social groups that only affect us and no one else who's listening probably. <laughs> but um, our friend Josh has had a little babby, a little babby boy. Babby is the Welsh word for baby, if no one understood. But yeah, a little baby boy called Ralph. So Ralph is, he's alive and kicking these days. He's out He's out of the womb. He's <laughs> these fucking, days. He's, he was a ghost living, when he first arrived. <laughs> Mate, he was a pre-ghost and now he's a real person and he's out in the world, all right? He's, he's, he's out in the world. He's having a great time by all accounts. I saw him in a fucking Cardiff City top the other day on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> fucking what more do you want what a great start <laughs> and uh, the reason we're announcing this because we wanted to give the father of uh, so we're going to say congratulations to Liv and Josh we're, we're, we're mm. very happy for you both you little dweebs um, but we thought we'd coincide this great bringing of his uh, first boy to also let him know that <laughs> um, back in September 2020 so uh, a couple of we, we were what was that six months into a life living with Covid um, we're revealing I, this, are we? We're doing this. We're yeah, we're do- <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on your boy. Here's something that's going to be an absolute dagger. This will rock slip your between world. the ribs. Yeah. I, I messaged about 12 people, or maybe more like 15 people who all knew Josh. And I messaged them saying, Hey, uh, I got something I want to do to Josh. Do you, are you in? I said, like, <laughs> I, I want to prank Josh, certainly. Um, not not much more information than that, but are you in? And uh, everyone who said yes, I added them to a group. So <laughs> I messaged, the, I'll read you out the group. It says, all right, lads, thanks for joining. I don't want to clog up your notifications with a bunch of messages, so uh, I'm going to keep this simple. Every three days, one of us will find a way to crowbar in a photo of Neil Buchanan in a conversation with Josh. I wanted to keep it going for as long as we can and not make it too obvious, but I want Josh's phone to fill up with more and more photos of Neil Buchanan. I'll share with you the road I've developed. Just screenshot your message and put it in the group. We'll have to elaborate. Uh, we'll have to get more elaborate with it. and We'll recruit more people as time goes by. So then I sent a screenshot of the, the timetable I made. Thursday, 17.09.2020, me. Sunday, 20.09.2020, Reese Howells. Wednesday, 23, Cole. Saturday, Craig. Tuesday, Dan. So Friday, Fletcher. a militant sort of <laughs> yeah. element to it. So uh, let me give you the breakdown of who was actually on it. Uh, so it was me, Reese, Cole, Craig, Dan, Fletcher, Tom, Kaji, Jack, uh, Luke, Andy, Sean, Jimmy. 
um, they're the ones who agree to sign up, and then uh, every so every so often we'd uh, I'd I'll give you the first one that I did, um, and I messaged him saying, uh, "Were you good at doodling in school?" I said, uh, "Who was it who was really good at doodling in school?" And he sent a question mark, and he went, "I went, oh, you know, like ah, who was really good at drawing stuff?" He went, "Yeah, yeah, it was me. Why?" I went, "Oh, I thought so. Do you still dabble?" And he went, "Yeah, why?" I went, "Oh, uh, just because your wife says you dress up like Neil Buchanan and you." <laughs> when you were choking your hog and then they sent him a photo of Neil Buchanan <laughs> choking a big pen <laughs> and then someone else sent him a photo three days later saying um, <laughs> he, um, he said uh, big early price news it so he's on about a bet coming up with West Bromwich and Albion and Brentford <laughs> and uh, he said he sent a photo of Neil Buchanan drawing a picture of Hal Robson Carney saying Hal Robson Carney is going to th- score three goals and then uh Josh started replying to all these photos saying, oh, uh, Banksy Buchanana. He kept he kept replying. Instead of saying Buchanan, he kept replying saying Buchanana, which becomes a common thread because in the next photo, uh, Craig sent a, photo, a message to Josh saying, show me a picture of the new boots you've got again. I've got a similar pair. I want to get a similar pair. And then Josh said, yeah, sure thing. And he sent him a photo of his new football boots. And then... <laughs> <laughs> then, um, Craig replied saying oh they're beautiful that's an art form Yeah, your right foot is the paint to the brush and then Josh replied saying my left foot is the only there to hold the brush in place and then Craig sent a photo of Neil Buchanan holding the picture of Photoshop shoes <laughs> and uh, Craig said definitely crafted by this guy and then Josh once again replied Banksy Buchanan and then <laughs> a few days later <laughs> Um, someone else sent in a photo I mean these go on and on and on there's so many of them but every time he kept replying Banksy Buchanan Banksy Buchanan <laughs> this went on it was a constant theme this went on so it's, uh, it's the first message I sent in September the last one was sent in November 18th of November 2021 <laughs> <laughs> mate I'm just I'm just looking back now at like what what was my contribution to this right and it's basically um uh, we'll we'll beep his name out now, right? But uh, Josh sent me a picture of oh, with yeah. his missus, and so I mock made like macro made uh, uh, like side by side picture of you know like the fucking like uh, clay head <laughs> and Neil Buchanan next to him, right? <laughs> yeah. Clay head does, in fairness, look a lot like um, <laughs> right, yeah. but Neil Buchanan does not lad. look anything like his missus. <laughs> And what does Josh reply to? He just went, I can't believe Buchanan's with him. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So, Um, Josh, well done on the the fucking baby boy, mate. But also, you've been been done. You've been absolutely done. Yeah. Uh, I'll just read out another one. It's so funny how many people were just sending him photos of Neil Buchanan and things that, like, were, were so unrelated to anything else he was talking about. Um, Shall we there's... explain? Is it worth explaining who Neil, Buch- Neil Buchanan oh, is? Oh yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. Non-Brit. Right. He Some was a guy who presented. Um, he presented a uh, show called Art Attack while we were growing up, sort of through the nineties, two thousands, um, and it was uh, yeah, just like a nice kids thing uh, about making it la- uh, like making art and stuff like that. Lots of papier mache and <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> everyone in Britain knows who he is. Um, one of the boys, Fletcher, doesn't really speak to Josh that much, so he's really tenuous. Um, so <laughs> Fletcher had to engineer a conversation with him, saying, hey, are you picking up uh, Franks for football? 
And Dosh like, no way. He went, oh, he told me he was. Um, anyway, here's a photo of you on the wing. And then it's a photo of Neil Buchanan doing a massive football on his big heart attack. And then Josh just replies, Banksy. <laughs> that, that's, that's Neil Buchanan. Classic yeah. Buchanan. Oh, it's so funny. It's just, there's so many times where it's just, just photos of Neil Buchanan. I like to play. think... Josh, if you're listening, mate, I like to think you were in on it the whole time. Because he at was some point, that because at some burst. point I was looking at these responses, and I even when I posted mine, I said, "I reckon Frank's has like got you in on it to say banks <laughs> at every trick. single re- re- every single reply." Yeah. So by by the end of the the Neil Buchanan gate. Um, <laughs> The, the template response of Banksy Buchanana was just being sent back and forth. So, and also, Buchanana is, uh, we call it that because my friend went and saw Buchanan written down and he was like, that's a funny name, Buchanana. <laughs> we were like, oh, it's Buchanan, mate. But, there, was also um, a, um, there was also a pub down on Albany Road that we used to go to sometimes and it was called the, yeah. um, the Buchanans, the Buchanans Inn. And that became also Buchananas on the back of this as well. So, like, you know, you, there's a legacy to be had there. So the Neil Buchanan's mm. had a bit of a, a place in our heart for quite a while. But um, yeah, so we thought uh, three years later, nearly to the week, it's actually, it is shit. Um, Jesus Christ. I, the first message was sent on the 70, 10 days ago, three years ago, we sent the first wow. Neil Buchanan. And uh, yeah, Josh, hope, <laughs> hope so, you yeah, don't mind. Josh, you know, hope, hope, the, hope the newborn is doing all right, but also, yeah. you know... <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you notice that we had a coordinated effort to um, mug you off with Neil Buchanan? Come on. Send you weekly photos of Neil Buchanan. I, uh, I, I like to think I'd have noticed, but I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe maybe I'd have been, <laughs> I don't know, living the positivity lifestyle thinking like, oh my God, we're also in sync. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. There's so many photos. Maybe we'll, we'll put a collection of them up on our socials, shall we? I think we should do oh, that. Put the- Save that for the Patreon. That's Patreon material right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get the, <laughs> the WhatsApp thing. Get, get behind the encryption. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was good, though, wasn't it? it was a, I, I was so giddy when so many people said, yeah, they are up for it. And then we just ran, ran with it for a couple of months. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it'd be uh, it'd be good it'd be good when uh, Josh doesn't speak to us the rest of our lives now because we've <laughs> the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, mate. That that leads us on now. Well, I think that's that's a big enough intro, big enough reveal, isn't it? Should we get into the meat and potatoes of a uh, of this um, week's episode? Can you do one of your Alan Franks's classic segues, please, if you can? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Run okay. up really quick now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the fact of the matter was, we uh, pranked a very close friend of ours. And speaking of facts, um, oh. <laughs> oh, if you don't know that one, uh, what we did to our friend was kind of classic laddie uh, bants. <laughs> bants you might get in a pub. And talking of pubs, this week we wanted oh. to do, uh, we wanted to help you if you were ever in a, uh, if you ever had a dry moment in a pub, if you were ever being uh, asked about questions of whales, or if you, if someone was being xenophobic. <laughs> that classic and... thing when you're in Wales, not even in Wales, when you're in a pub <laughs> in general and someone goes, what do you know about whales then? Give me a fact. Or when you have to justify whales to people. Uh, ah. oh, oh, so I thought, you know, sometimes you, weirdly you do have to justify whales quite a lot to mad you idiots who do. don't like whales. Uh, but um, 
So we thought we'd arm you with some interesting tidbits and facts that you could whip out when you're next in a social gathering. So uh, we're going to cover, we've both come up with some facts and um, we're not, this isn't your grandpappy's facts. This isn't, <laughs> oh, there's more castles per square mile than blah, 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 or the Listen, longest guys, place name. I don't know about you, but I'm sat on my chair back to front at the moment, all right? Ready to tell <laughs> yeah, I've got my cap on. My, ca- my cap's on back, all right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, not even to the back, to the side. To the it? side, I, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking postmodern. I'm fucking yeah. here. I'm queer. I'm ready yeah. to fucking chew your ear <laughs> Drink off. Drink so. And I'm not. We're not going to say, "Oh, there's more sheep than yada 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 yada." No, these are going to be a helpful resource when it comes to pub facts yes. for Wales. To quote Franco, he said to me when I said, "What sort of source we go?" He said, "Don't go Route One. Do not go Route One." We're not doing so some tactics. Go, we ain't doing Route I'm One. I'm telling you now, right? When I tell you now that I clicked on Google Page Two at least <laughs> when I was looking yeah. at these stuff. You better believe me, buddy. So, there we are. You that let that be that, and shall we continue with our Welsh facts? Yes. Pub? And another fact: I haven't done all my facts, so you go first because I haven't got as many as you. Because <laughs> I got some work to do. <laughs> right. First, Welsh fact number one: Numero uno. Uno. Whoa, this is so insane. Oh, mate, we are so fucking <laughs> That is, is mad. Right. In Welsh. Isn't that mad? Cymru, we just did that. I know, well, but mate, we're so, we're so, that's why we're co-hosts, baby. That's mm. why we're co-hosts. We're just, we're on the same level, you know. What can you do? Anyway, Welsh fact number one. In Welsh, the word Cymru is the word for the country of Wales. As a few people might know, mm. Cumbra is the word for Welshman or Welshwoman, and Cumri, that's uh, Cumri with two Y's, C Y M R Y, uh, is the Welsh word for the people of Wales, right? So all Can I quickly three. correct you for one of these. Oh, go on. Cumbrice yeah. is Welshwoman, Cumbra <sighs> is Welshman. You stupid fucking. <laughs> I got a fact. You're a thicko. You're an absolute right. billy thicko. No, this is uh, you can gloat all you want. This is being cut, and we're doing it again. So <laughs> it's not being cut. <laughs> we're keeping this in. Right. All right. Sorry. Come raw. Come rice is a word yeah. for Welshman or Welshwoman. Right. Cumry with two wives is the word uh, for the people of Wales. Right. But basically, all three or four. Think since Franco stuck his oar in. Um, <laughs> Uh, of these come from the same Bretonic word, Combrogos, which Whoa. is uh, the old Bretonic word for compa- compatriot or fellow countryman. I didn't and know that. On top of this, as a side note, the word Welsh in the English language is derived from the old Anglo Saxon word, uh, word whale or whaleass. Meaning foreigner Fun. or slave, yeah, and was used to refer to not just Wales and the Welsh, but any Britonic Celts at the time. So they would refer to, as you mentioned in our previous episode of Cornwall, they would refer to Cornwall as Welsh or Welas as well, because they were foreign, they were different, not Anglo-Saxon. And to go one layer deeper again. Both those Anglo-Saxon words are derived from the original Roman word 
for the Gaulish Celts, which was Volke. So there's oh. there's there's a little fucking little bit of so little yeah. bit of knowledge there. Wireless is like a bit slightly derogatory term from Welsh people, but it's you know that changed over time, isn't it? Uh, mm. Do you know what Cambria means? No, do tell. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Cambria, Cambria was what um, Cambria was what the Romans called Wales. Yes, yeah, back in the day. I don't know if that in, has any sort of uh, yeah. derogatory term or anything. No, no, that's it. It's a Latinized form of Welsh, um, mm. uh, as I say from Wikipedia. But because there's loads of places in West Wales, uh, like uh, the newspapers called the Cambria Times and stuff, and there's lots of places in Aberystwyth called Cambria. Um, uh, mm. Also, a good because uh, I know people who listen to this are also learning Welsh. So I told you before how you know Cymru means the people compared to Cymru meaning the country. If it has yeah. two Y's in it, they look like legs, and that means it's a person because the person most people have two legs. So that's precisely. Yeah. Can I add a fact to this? Um, go for it. So the, there's regions. So if you go to Welsh people, if you consider Welsh people. Um, the United States considers there's two million people there who consider themselves to be of Welsh descent or Welsh. Mm. Um, even though Wales itself only has around three million people, there's only around three million mm. of us who live in Wales. So, I mean, the United States kind of claim a lot more than that, anyway. You know, they always see the mm. Scottish, Irish, all this. There's a lot of because the United States have so much roots in the UK. There'll be a lot of people, you know, like Pen- yeah. uh, Stanford. I uh, think what's it called? Uh, lots of places like Pennsylvania. Loads of places in Philadelphia. Um, there's a lot of Welsh people in those areas because wherever there's mining, lots of Welsh people move over to America. So it makes yeah. sense, there's a lot. Same in Australia. Um, there's quite a lot in England um, and New Zealand. There's around 10,000 people in New Zealand who consider themselves to be Welsh or of Welsh descent. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Scotland, 17,000. Uh, Canada, nearly half a million. Um, so you know, we, we get about. We um, get about, baby. We get about. Is that a fact, or is that is that just piggybacking on n- number one for me? Just piggybacking, baby. I got these. Piggyback- in oh, the mate, old... we can do some piggybacking. I love that. I love. Yeah, got to do a lot of piggybacking to pad the episode out. <laughs> we need to piggyback the fuck <laughs> because this is a lazy episode. <laughs> so we got to do. Yeah. Oh, this is googling ten things. I didn't get to ten. I got to seven, yeah. baby. And I was so annoyed when you said, "Don't just do the root one stuff," because I had to go. Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> I have to actually look. Oh, like I just, I, you do your, you know, your little first. It's like little, in the uh, pandemic. Factor. It's like during the pandemic where you know people were doing quizzes all the time. I refused mm. to do any quiz that was like, "What's the longest river?" And my friend Ollie will know that because he he wants to do the longest river or something. I was like, I find that so no. boring. But yeah. we kept doing quizzes for about a year because we did really interesting ones. We, <laughs> our mate Fletcher. Who's Brummy? Um, did a round called "Who's the back of this head?" Then, but <laughs> who's the back of this head? And you had to that guess the celebrity. You're pretty good though. <laughs> yeah. You had to guess the celebrity by the back of their head. All right, who's this? Is that Donald Trump? Oh, I couldn't tell. It's the back of his head. And um... that was wrong. It was actually Joe Biden. <laughs> it was Joe Biden. How do you not know that? Um, and then one of the other boys did like a. We just did a lot of Photoshop rounds, which is helpful if you can do Photoshop. Um, and we, we did, our, I love that. We did two a week. We called it the Wuhan Arms, and uh, we invited Wuhan. lots of people. Uh, anyway, my first one uh, the world's first million pound check uh, was written in Cardiff Bay in the Cold Exchange. Cha ching. 
Yeah, so in the world, the very first time a million pounds had been written down on paper, well, maybe not on paper, but on a, a cashier's note, um, Wales, was in baby. Wales, in Cardiff Bay. And of course, that money didn't stay in Wales. That went to the people who was fucking stealing our minerals and fucking the parts that make Fuck. Wales. Yeah. Those dogs or fucking Londoners taking me what's... growl down the mic, mate. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. But do. what uh, I won't say that because that's given. That'll be a bit too telling. Uh, but I was going to say, I live pretty close to it. <laughs> Not that anyone's going to come fucking <laughs> stab me. But uh, there's enough of that on my street anyway. Um, and a, a few extra tidbits before you move on. Uh, so the Coal Exchange is a grade two listed building. And the, the check was written in 1904. Or the, the Coal Exchange, the deal was agreed for a million pounds in the Coal Exchange in 1904. Um, and since then, it's gone on to have lots of things filmed in there. Uh, the venues had the Arctic Monkeys, Manic Street Pictures, Ocean Colour Scene, Stereophonics, Van Morrison, and Biffy Clyro play there. Um, it's also gone to the dogs, sadly. Like, it's a beautiful <laughs> building, but the roof hasn't been on there for fucking ages, so it's been rotted out with all the rain and stuff. But it's still oh, a restaurant, Jesus. a hotel, and a bar. But then the back of it, it's, it's, the front is great, but the back is really shit. So it's really. <laughs> Okay, um, I'm going to go on to uh, number two, Uma Dos, Retrieve Die, right? Did you know this? I don't. I was not aware of this until I looked into like the fucking what second or third thing Google. Tarmac was invented by a Welshman <laughs> named Is that Edgar we... Pernil Hooley. Boo. Hooley, 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 Hooley baby. Hooley. He was a ca- he was a county surveyor in Nottingham. And on one day in 1901, he noticed that a barrel of tar had been spilled on the roadway and that in an attempt to reduce the mess, someone had dumped gravel on top of it. Oh, bloody hell. The area was remarkably dust-free compared to the surrounding road and it inspired Hooley to develop tarmac in Britain, which he painted in 1903. Boom. One for the tar ads out there. Everyone who's a fucking like tar lover. There you go. <laughs> Is that why we say we say tar a lot? Instead what? of thank tar? you. We say tar. Cheers, Jerry. Tar. I don't, I don't I you know what? Very good. Very good, because he caught me off guard. But uh yeah, tar ads, thank you. Lucky stars that Edgar Purnell Hooley was Hooli, about Hooli. uh uh back in the day. So yeah. Hooley. Hooley 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 Hooley. Well, now this one uh, is spurious, but it's still a fact mm. that I'm saying it out loud. Um, so, <laughs> if I'm did saying you know, it's true, <laughs> did you know there was a tsunami that hit Wales, or was there? Um, mm. In the 1607, at least 2,000 people are believed to have died when a huge swathe of South Wales were flooded. For centuries, those who survived it called it an act of God. Um, so like loads of lo- and this is true loads of South Wales were flooded and lots of people did die mm. so 2,000 people back then was a lot of people um, and so for centuries they called it an act of God before modern scientific research began to delve into uh, whether or not it was well, uh, Britain's first ever recorded tsunami uh, mm. it had a 7 metre high wave destroying towns villages and badly damaged Jesus, and St Mary's yeah um, author Mike Hall investigated the claims that it was a tsunami in a book published in 2013 he said, evidence from the 17th century uh, chronicles and other written sources tell of a bright, sunny, cloudless day, but added that it's evidence that, but then he did say it's not conclusive and said that he believes in 1607 was probably just a massive storm surge, but it came from yeah. a very bright, sunny day, cloudless, and then all of a sudden this huge storm come through. 
but and it's the biggest storm. Which on a dime, didn't they? Jesus. Yeah. Well, there we are. Wales had a tsunami. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. You've educated me. A thank you. A thank you. Um, a thank you. Um, my number three, right? Plenty of people, I'm sure, will know that Wales is home to the longest place name in Europe. Yes. And second longest place name in the world, with 58 letters. Tlanbai put Gwingish, God Gerwish, Wing Drobish, and Dasilio Gogogoch. That's the one. That's the, probably the best pronunciation you can get out of that me tonight. <laughs> get out of um, me, right? <laughs> yeah, we've had a Yeah, few I, honestly, my brain like went to spasm. Yeah, you usually um, say that quite so, fast, yeah. don't you? You're quite good at that one. Mm. Let me do it. Tlanbai put Gwingish, God Gerwish, Wing Drobish, and Dasilio Gogogoch. There we go. Boom. Yeah. Done it. Yeah. So. Just for info, the longest place in the world has 85 letters, so absolutely trumps that. Uh, that's in New Zealand. I'm not going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's known locally in New Zealand as Taumata. Again, probably even butchered that little uh, short It's like people from here call it Slamvad Push. Yeah, well, this is a thing. So Slamvad G like that. Yeah. So... Give it a Google if you want to see uh, what the longest place in the actual world is called. But anyway, back to my point. Uh, although plenty of people uh, know about Slamvire, and they call it Slamvire PG or yeah. just Slamvire or whatever, um, not many people know its actual meaning. So, like a lot of Welsh place names, um, because of uh, back in the day, how things used to be named. Uh, lots of pl- Welsh place names have clues in the name about what the area encompasses. So, for example, um, where a Welsh name, uh, Welsh place names with Abba in the name, like Aberystwyth, Aberaeron, Abergvenny, etc., they mean that the town or city or whatever is near the mouth of a river. Places with Caer in the name, like Cardiff, Caerphilly, and whatnot, they mean that there's a castle in the area. Llan, like Llandarsi, Llanidlois, etc., they mean there's a church near there. So they, they, there's all these, like, it's, it's a common theme throughout lots of uh, like places. That. So this is what that means, right? The reason it's so long is because it means something. And what it translates to English is the Church of St. Mary in the hollow of the White Hazels near the rapid whirlpool of St. Tassilio on the Red Cave. I've heard so it's, it's actually, it's, it was always done as a bit of a tourist trap, wasn't it? It was always kind of a bit of a piss take. Yeah. So basically, uh, they, they wanted something to attract people and, you know, hey, oh, it has fucking worked because people do come from all over to see like the longest um, place name in Europe. And it doesn't need to be called that by the sort of by the sort of rules like I was saying about Kair and bloody Abba and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't need to be called that. But they just thought, why not fucking make make something of of note, you know, in that place yeah. of Wales? Because it was a railway station going through it, wasn't it? So they thought, oh, well, let's yeah, make this, yeah. And it's you know, don't be wrong. It's uh, I mean, I, I I've seen the railway station. And all that it, it it is just uh like your your average train track. Don't you know? <laughs> I I'd almost argue don't bother coming there. There's plenty of things <laughs> up north to see that are yeah. fucking beautiful and brilliant. That is not 
in my opinion, one of them. I'm sure there's plenty of nice things about standby PG, but that's a particular train station. Maybe don't bother. It attracts around 200,000 uh, visitors a year. Mm. If you want to go and have a pick with it, go for it by all means, babes. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff up north that is fucking way more interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, right. My one. Um, have you ever heard of Death Junction in Cardiff? No. Do tell. So... People call so Death Junction is that road or that like I know mine are quite Cardiff specific at the moment. All mine have been in Cardiff, mm. but um, do you know there's that road that links between City Road, Albany Road, Cruise Road, and Macintosh Place and Richmond Road? You know, like next to where the what's that pub on the corner? Um, oh, what's it called? It used to be next to. It's now called Sticky Sticky Fingers, I think. But um, and there used to be like a varsity there. Oh, like Varsity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it the one that there's the um, oh, there's the one in like the sort the of uh, dare I say the middle junction, there. What's that one called? That's the bloody the, um, the Royal. This is George. The George, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all right. So, yeah. so that's like the one in the junction. So there's a pub called the George that's in the middle, and then there used to be the Sticky Fingers. There now is a bank, and, and it's the top of Albany Road and City Road. And if you're not, oh, from that's Cardiff, like a weird like five way junction or some yeah. shit. You know, one, two, three, um, four, five. It's probably even yeah, six. Yeah, it's five. So Albany Road, City five. Road, Cruise Road, Macintosh Place, and Richmond Road. They mm. all go to this one junction. And if you're not from Cardiff, it's where a lot of students live. Um, City Road has like the amazing uh, food, so it's like lots and lots of like food that wouldn't oh, like, like down uh, there, isn't it? Fair yeah, uh, there's like really good Indian, really good like Lebanese food, really good uh, like kebabs. Um, it's got, like a, a huge amount of like uh, what would you call class that as like? Uh, um, I don't know. Like, it's like it's a lot of nice uh, like bars, but but not it's not like clubs or pubs. It's like it's just it's a whole street full. Especially I think there's a there's a lot of Muslims on that street, so it's not much drinking. So it's like mostly focused on food. So there's a really like the whole street is pretty much just either takeaway or restaurant or like uh, shisha yeah. bars, and it's like it's a really 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 tasty food. And then Albany Road is mad. Albany Road has got loads of students on it. Cruise Road's got takeaway. That's pubs and pubs yeah, yeah lots of pubs it's a, and also that whole area is loud and vibrant and fun mm. and a bit like just it's like it's always beeping it's horns and people being drunk yeah we used to that's where uh, uh, albany road is uh, where bucananas is that we talked yes about really well, yeah right? so, yeah, yeah um the last yeah um but so that's called death junction and people think it's because it's five roads leading into one at the same place and it's a like it's a really tricky place to cross um but it's nicknamed death junction uh, not because of that, but because of something else. So in 1770, the jail, spelled G-A-O-L, you know, that old way of spelling mm. jail, the gaol, jail, yeah. um, is a type of prison or correctional facility where people were stored before their execution. Um, this was on St. Mary Street, so that's where uh, modern-day Cardiff Market is now. Um, and once you were sentenced to death, pr- prisoners would have to walk all the way to Death Junction. So you you were told oh, you're yeah. going to die, and you'd walk from there. And it's it's a 1.5 mile route that would take them past the castle and down Queen Street, leaving Cardiff by East Gate, and having to walk all the way uh, to a place called Cro- uh, Croc Herbert Town, Croc Herbert Town, down Newport Road, and then up City Road. So mm. this walk was seen as like a final humiliation before death, and the sight of mm. shackled prisoners walking through the busy streets would always draw like a big crowd and hanging ceremony. So they'd walk all the way from uh, city from from Queen Street, um, 
uh, so yeah, from, uh, sorry, from St Mary's Street, and they'd walk from there in their shackles with police officers, and they'd walk all the way through Cardiff until they got to Death Junction, where they were hung. Death Junction, fucking hell. I used to like going for food down there. Yeah. Guess I'll fuck <laughs> yeah. it off now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, very informative, mate. Thank you very much. Um, my fourth one, uh, and this might be pushing it a bit, but it does have a Welsh element to it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it. Uh, but did you know that Mount Everest was originally oh, named, named after a Welshman? Uh, well, it was originally named Peak uh, Fifteen. It's called Peak yeah. Fifteen. Nice and fucking uh, not interesting at all. Yeah. But it was renamed after a Welshman yeah. named George Everest, who was a Surveyor General of India. Uh, but at the time, he, he actually, can't have been a good uh, man. Well, <laughs> I cannot imagine yeah, just, that yeah. person being a I'm not, I didn't. I'm not going to go into it, but yeah, <laughs> he, he he never. Uh, li- oh, well, just listen now, basically. So um, <laughs> he'd he'd never see even seen the mountain. He never went to even see the mountain, right? But not only that, um, we've also been pronouncing it wrong this entire time because Georgie boy. He actually objected to the mountain being named after him on the grounds that the native population mispronounced his name as Everest. His actual name was pronounced Everest. Oh, no. So we all know it as Mount Everest, you know, it was named after a guy called Everest. Yes. He was a guy, he was like a, you know, a white guy that had. Just sort of turned up and yeah. fucking claimed that I was the fucking surveyor general of India and all that yeah. back when the like, colonization was like big, big time. Yeah. But yes, so that was a little thing that I thought was quite interesting that we, we all call it Everest, but it's actually meant to be Everest. Mm. So there we are, guys. That's a, that, I think that's a that's a pub uh, that knowledge. A good, that's a really knowing. good pub fact. I like that. Um, uh, <laughs> another fact about Cardiff. I'm sorry, these are Cardiff centric. Uh, they do stop after this. Um, but Cardiff is home to the UK's longest settled Muslim community so the Yemeni Muslims are the longest established Muslim community in Britain and Cardiff is home to the oldest Yemeni community and this links back to the 19th century when Cardiff was one of the Mm. world's most famous coal ports Um, to all around the world there were coal coal bunkering ports um, located in strategic sites for boats to dock restock and set off again and workers were recruited in these ports to work in the engine room and one of the most important was in Yemen so loads of people from Yemeni uh, uh, came to Cardiff and settled here. Um, oh. And academics believe that Ye- Yemenis earned uh, just a third of their British equivalents. And most of that salary was then sent back to Yemen to support their family members. And then over time, some of the family members came over or those who were here stayed. And that's why we have places like Tiger Bay down the bay that's incredibly multicultured. Uh, right. um, but considering the rest of the makeup of Wales being predominantly kind of like uh, white uh, Christian, you know, for, for centuries. Uh, then in the 18th and 19th, in the 19th and 20th century, the port of Cardiff brought in loads of different people. And for a very small, like Cardiff is like home to 400,000 people, but it's one of the most mm. cosmopolitan cities in the UK because of the port. Um, so it's like a, yeah. Amazing. That, yeah, that's com- very, another very good fact. <laughs> there we go. When's I say the pub? I've got, uh, so number five for me, um, Again, Wales, this is something I'm going to start off with, like something that people know, and then fucking flip your heads. Well, right? you've done good for that so far. So, yeah, so uh, number five for me, right? So, Wales is known 
for its coal industry, of course, back in the day. Um, but do you know why everyone had such a fucking industrial hard on for Welsh coal specifically? I do not. It it turns out right that Wales was full of what's called anthracite. I don't know if I'm saying oh, that I right. Know that. Yeah, Anth- I know that anthracite word. coal. Anthracite coal, yeah. which is the purest <laughs> kind of coal you can find. You said that and like you Google. You know, the Google phone, yeah. you ask it to pronounce something. <laughs> Call it as, hey Google, pronounce anthracite for me. <laughs> and apparently anthracite coal is the purest kind that you can find and has been mined as a form of fuel in Wales since medieval times. Obviously back in medieval times, like there were certain deposits like above ground, you didn't have to dig mm. as, as low as you do in these days. So, I say, um, so supposedly Welsh coal, right, uh, the quality was so good that for every 22 tonnes of Welsh coal you'd burn, you'd need 25 tonnes of normal coal to have Wales, the equivalent Wales, like energy Wales. output. Wales, we love a fucking coal. We're <laughs> fucking coal boys. Right. Um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's it. That's the end of my thing. But yeah, apparently there's only other there's only a few other places that kind uh, have anthracite coal as well. And I did look them up, and I did put them in these notes, and then I deleted them for some reason. But yeah, one of them was like Vietnam or something like that. There's oh, a few people, places to have it. When Wales has its next uh, revolution in energy, when we uh, utilise our water and our wind, the money stays in Wales. Because the last time this course have happened, it all happened in the valleys, and all that money went to London or outside of it. You know, no, no one from there owned that. So now, if the Welsh government can get their act in gear, and by gear I mean twenty miles per hour gear, am I right? Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> can't be asked for that. Um, yeah. Also, well, last time we mentioned it, we went mad. Right. So, yeah. The last time before Mister Fucking Sky turned us off, we were going yeah. two nuts on the political. So let's yeah. wait until at least like I don't know number eight uh, before we get that. Yeah. Um, and by Mr. Sky, he means if you listened to last week's episode, we mentioned that we were meant to do an episode last week together, but we got so we got pretty drunk, and Sky cut out in parts of Cardiff, and we're really glad because <laughs> our episode was unlistenable and oh, so God. ranty. Yeah. Um, well, this is where Murdoch you just slagged him off and thought, yeah. no, I can't have it. <laughs> right. My I had to get whole bar in here somewhere because I'm such a fanboy. Mm. Uh, but oh, you fucking love all of that. <laughs> I bet you when you were writing this, you were fucking giving him little you you kissing your two fingers on your lips and placing them on his lips on the fucking with his little fucking soshy fingers. So, um, so uh, <laughs> there's a clause in medieval Welsh legal code known as the Laws of Holvar. Obviously, we all know the code, the Welsh legal code is known as the Laws of Holvar. Um, I know that. But we then, all know the codes. We know the codes. <laughs> we, you listen to the uh, episode, we know the codes. You listen to the episodes, you know Welsh legal code was known as the laws of how well that. How many times do I have to say it? Um, yeah. But there was something there that suggests that cheese was commonly soaked in brine. Uh, so they, they would like, they you know, to, to <sighs> preserve it. Um, and according to this law, while the cheese was still in brine, it belonged to the wife. But once out of the brine and ready to eat, it belonged to the husband. So often, when they had these divorce settlements, this husband had been <laughs> cultivating his cheese for ages. And if he hadn't taken out the brine yet, it would go to the wife and she'd be like, fuck you, I've that. got your cheese. Oh, I told you to take out the brine last week. <laughs> oh, you bitch. 
<laughs> she's taken everything. She's taken the brine. No, he never told me to take it out of the brine, so it's my wheel of cheese, actually. You can imagine him at the pub. <laughs> she's taken a lot. She's taken the camembert. I had, the I, I had all this red Leicester in the brine, <laughs> yeah. right? I was about to take it out last week, and now she's slapped me with splendid She's left me. She's left me. <laughs> can't see the kids. I can't have the cheese. And now, and, now, uh, and if anyone keen-eared listeners from her or that, I can't even smack her unless I want compensation anymore. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, so if you have to hit her, but oh, I'll, I'll leave that out. That sounds a bit bleak. Um, so that was my, my number five. So I had to get a, a little That's hole there. Very good. That is very good, actually. Yeah. I, I love that we're going so off-piste with this. It's I know. Great. I can't believe we've not overlapped. We've done ten Welsh, obscure Welsh facts together. There's still a bit to go. I hope we don't, but we still a bit to well, go. Well, I've only so. got two left. My my next two go on for a little. Well, what my my last one goes on for a little bit. So, okay, I got four left, right? But they're not too long, mine. So, number six for me, the Welsh national anthem, right? And this this probably is kind of root one. My hen lad van Hadai was the first national anthem to be sung at the start of a sporting event in 1905. So the Welsh national rugby team hosted New Zealand's first touring team. They started, uh, as they always do, they started their match performing the hacker. Um, and as a response, Wales player Teddy Morgan led the crowd singing the anthem. So it was the first time, uh, as the New Zealand team were doing the hacker, uh, another an opposing team started singing the national anthem. Now it's like sort of part of course you see it every time in like rug- in rugby and football, whatever. But yeah, uh, apparently the My Hen Lad and Hardike was the first ever national anthem sung at a sporting event in 1905. So there we are. That's a little little bit for you lot. Can I add to to that? Mm. So that there was. Um... I could do you typing what you want about what are you trying to do? Just dismiss me or support no, me? Uh, <laughs> where where? <laughs> I'm here to bolster you. Uh, can I just read you a quote about that time when they sung it? Uh, yeah, go they, for it. So when they first ever sang it, it said, imagine some 40,000 people singing the national anthem with all the fervour of which the Celtic heart is capable. It was the most impressive incident I'd ever witnessed on a football field. It gave me, <laughs> I thought it said it gave me a semi. It, said, it, gave, <laughs> it gave a semi-religious. It gave me a fucking semi. Like it, gave it, was me so good. semi it gave me a semi-religious solemnity to this memorable contest. Intensely <laughs> thrilling, even awe-inspiring. Uh, it was a wonderful revelation of the serious spirit in which the Welsh take their football all black that's from the all black captain david gallagher uh so he mentioned the first of his son gave so me a semi and i had <laughs> a, 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 a national fervor yeah brilliant um, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so that that's a I, I i like that it's the first one what was it 1904 um but mm. i want to say quickly about the story about wales first time the football team ever sung it and uh terry yorath oh, um right. So this is way later. So like um, in football as well, they used to just sing the... So you know there isn't in like... I think the English national anthem is like Jerusalem or something like that, but they always sing God Save the King or Queen or whatever it is at the time. Um, but that's actually the British anthem. But obviously Welsh, Scotland, Northern Ireland... Well, actually Northern Ireland do, but Scottish and Welsh don't sing that. They sing their own national anthem. So we, we when we go to sporting events, we sing our anthem, whereas England mm. sing the British one as do the Northern Irish. 
Um, so they sing God Save the King or Queen, and we sing Hen Glad Van Haddai and Scottish sing O Florida Scotland. O Florida Scotland. Don't know if I pronounced it right, but sorry, Scots. But and obviously now in football, uh, the singing of the anthem is just as big as the game. It is incredible. Like I implore you to Google Welsh football fans singing the anthem. It's way better than watching the rugby fans. And I've you know been in both stadiums. It's not to pit football against rugby, but eighty thousand people singing the anthem at football at rugby compared to the thirty thousand singing it at football is is mm. bizarre how empowering it's become in the last ten years. Um, but that wasn't always the way. Yeah, it, it it began as a protest because um, when Wales in like the seventies, Welsh nationalism had come on the rise. Like Plaid Cymru were a lot more pre- uh, prominent, um, and there was like a lot more f- uh, appetite for Wales to be different from England. And uh, they, yeah. they, they, I, um, Wales had beat Czechoslovakia three 0 in the World Cup qualifier, uh, and they sung the Welsh anthem. And then two months later. Um, we were playing England at Wembley, and uh, I think Pride Cymru had asked them to sing the. Uh, they they wrote to the English FA or to the FA or whoever it was. I think it was English FA. Said, "Hey, uh, when England sing the God Save the King or Queen, we'd like Wales to sing Him uh, Love and Had I." And hmm. they said no. They were really against it. They were like, "No, we're having this anthem." Um, so then they went up to Wembley. They played it, and they played the British national anthem. And then hmm. um, on the bus on the way up, midfielder John Mahoney, who's like a really big Welsh nationalist, um, was playing David Iwan songs, and Terry Yorath was getting everyone like really riled up and up for it. And then, uh, the, yeah, but they, the English FA refused it. No, you can't do any of this. Um, so when they sung it, they refused to uh, do the English one. Um, and then when uh, it came to, like, so they, they sung it, the, the, the officials were like, okay, match time, and none of the Welsh players moved. They all stood in the line. They were singing Him, Rab and Hade on their own with everyone in the crowd booing them. Officials in their faces, like, <laughs> waving their flags, saying, no, come on, play the game, play the game. And they all stood Love there on their it. own. And uh, so, yes, it, it was like a, it was a defining moment in Welsh football. And, yeah, and Welsh football has always been intrinsically linked with Welsh nationalism. Um, anyway. Oh, sorry, mate, I, you know, like I know I'm our, uh, as, you, as you well know, uh, not a big football guy, not a big sport guy in general. But like, honestly, the uh, like the times I've I've joined in with you boys on like uh, a football day, day when when, when, yeah. when Wales is playing, it's a fucking hell, it's palpable, like it is palpable. Yeah. And the fact that they just... Basically, they essentially blast David Ewan a more heat all the time, and you know what? Yeah. That is enough to get me fucking going, man. Yeah, like, I fucking, it is. you know what we're saying? Here? That gives me a semi easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. A, it's a semi moment. It's, it's, um, it's a semi guarantee, right there. And what what I love about the football one: people who can't speak Welsh as the first language, no one feels ostracized. It's not a north south hmm. divide. It's a, it's a very unifying thing. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I know we had a lot of waffle there. Um, my number six was um, the Royal Mint at Llantrisant, which makes all the mm. coins in the UK. It makes five billion coins a year for 60 countries. Bloody hell. <laughs> That's my most boring fact. Hey, <laughs> my uh, my yeah. stepdad, my stepdad, yeah. Melvin, right? Big Mel. He, Big Mel, he built a wall down there quite recently. <laughs> So you're welcome, Britain. You're welcome. Was, was the? Did they ask for the wall to be built there? 
<laughs> yes, he was employed. He got paid with What's probably the many coins bri- that he got. <laughs> they made as royal mint. He's a bricklayer, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, well, he's he, he's a builder. He's he's a jack of all trades, mate. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what Just he's like. Just like his stepson. A jack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. Um, We're kept from the same cloth. Yeah. So sorry that was a shit one, but that was just yeah. It, it, no, it's, I loved it, it, mate. I like that all the pound coins you have in your hand are from here, from Wales, baby. Oh, go. My one, number seven. There's a memorial stone on the Washington Monument in the good old U.S. Mm. of A. Can I tell you what it, it says? Came from... Oh no, I can tell you, mate, because that was oh, part please, of my. Please, please, I, I know, no, because I, I want to bloody see it. <laughs> all right, it's all right. But can I just be smug and say I knew this when I went to America? All right, you knew it before. All right, there we are. That's our first overlap. So, <laughs> this stone, this actual bit of stone, came from a oh, quarry in says. Swansea, and was donated by the Welsh citizens that were living in New York at the time. Mm. On the plaque, it reads. Vyaith Vungmlad Vungenadol Wales Cumbriambeth My language, my country Go on, you say the translation then You can say the you can say the blade translation You fucking boff Vyaith Vungmlad Vungenadol My language, my country My Oh fuck's sake, I just fucked it I just said Oh you fucked it, There we are, that's why you can't trust you My language, my country My generations, is it? Nation. My nation, nation, you stupid idea. fucking Welshman. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and you glad in Kendall. Yes, my national. Yes, my nation. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm we so can do that again sorry. if you want. If you if you want to avoid everyone knowing that what a disgrace you are, we can we can redo Thank that you. if you want. So it reads Vyaith Vunglad Vunghenadol. And and uh, Franco will kindly translate. <laughs> Please let me translate. I'm, I'm feverish here. So, Vignette Van Lad from Canada, my language, my country, my uh, nation, my nation, my nationality. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> my language, my country, my nationality. My nation! Good God! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! You've 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 done you, you you've had too many attempts now. It's too. I've had too many Carlins. <laughs> like, Poisoned the mine. <laughs> so, little tidbit though about Welsh American connection. Any of our fucking colonial cousins across the pond, right? Uh, at least eight presidents, previous presidents, had Welsh ancestry, and uh, and George Washington whose grandmother was Welsh, also once said, a good Welshman makes a good American. Oh, boom, wow. Boom, 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 boom. We're fucking, we're in your blood, baby. We're in your blood, Americans. So there we are. Well, uh, George Washington is, is kind of like being re-looked at recently because he had a lot of slaves. And uh, oh, he... shit. He, he you also, can't, you can't... You can't I you can't fucking get one up, can you? Like, you can't let me have one up. <laughs> so sorry. Um, Shane Gillis has got this, like, it, he mentioned it in his stand-up. And I was going to say, I thought he must have listened to the same podcast, but no, he talks about the, the museum. Um, and I won't, I won't go into his comedy around it, but uh, Washington had, you know, he had those, like, wooden teeth. People used to think he had wooden teeth, mm. but he didn't. They were, like, 
animal teeth and human teeth, which are most likely from the slaves that he owned. So it's fucking. Oh, he wasn't God. a good person. Yeah. So. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess you can just discount my number seven then. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so <laughs> Let's just sorry. leave that one alone. Yeah. And I mean, you know, obviously, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure all of those fucking presidents but, were, were, had some horrible. But if you're in a pub and there's a quiz and it says, "What did that fucking racist teeth stealing bastard George <laughs> Washington say about the Welsh?" You can say, "Hey." A good Welshman made a good American. <laughs> yeah. But if if so you don't want to be, but if no, it, 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 I'm not saying no. you want to be it. But if that's the question, <laughs> then if you well, want so the answer, that's nan. the answer. Maybe his nan was nice. Hopefully, his nan wasn't. No, he said that, but his nan, who was Welsh, oh. maybe maybe his nan was not a fucking disgusting slave. Yeah. Uh, teeth nicking bastard, uh, but who knows? Who well, bloody knows these days? Yeah, <laughs> yeah who knows? He, he can't say anything these days. Because um, there's a bloody conspiracy well, theory about Washington. Do you want to go for your yeah. next one? Because I've still got, I've only got one left. Okay, I have two left, so I can do one. Then the you second records are always right. so wild, aren't they? I know it's so it's always so just out, out of the way. We're um, at hour ten right. in. So much is getting chopped. Jesus, yeah. Uh, so number eight for me. This is really fucking boring and nerdy, but the equal sign, as in maths, right? The oh, two yeah. horizontal lines. Assuming everyone is familiar with those, um, <laughs> was invented in Wales by a Tenby boy who was a physician oh. and a mathematician called Robert Record in 1557. Before that, all the numbers nerds had to write everything out, like. I, like literally, I had to write it out. Two plus two equals to four. Like on like in in words in letters, uh, and all that. And 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 Robbie Wreck basically said, "I ain't got time for this shit," and he just started using the equal sign, um, and said at the top of his like every equation he would say, equals equals. Uh, right, this. I don't know how to say this better. The equal sign equals equivalent to, basically. And then he also, in doing that, brought back the plus and minus signs into popular use in Britain. So you're welcome, guys, and that you don't have to bloody write everything out and go to add fucking to blah, blah, blah. You can just do little symbols now. So there we are. He's a Why didn't they think of that beforehand? I mean, as he's I don't know. Pe- people are thickening. Why didn't they <laughs> fucking make fire before they did? You know, <laughs> but these fire questions go on and on. Blows my mind. Fire blows my mind. But just saying, obviously, shorthand. Why did they write shorthand? Also, I can't do. I'm so bad at math. But is it like oh, Welsh terrible. Math? Like, if you just say die twenty nine in Welsh, you'd say mm. die big now, which means die two tens, now. two tens nine. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that the same? Actually, isn't English the outlier in that? In that, like, um, German, you'd say, like, fun, fun, it's Weizig, which is 25. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so, like, if oh, anything, so English yeah, is the outlier in that. Yeah, but that probably means it's the right one. <laughs> because it's the, it's well, I mean, it's used all over the world, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, right. Yeah. Who are you? Who, who's, are you fucking being promoted by fucking Big English, you or something? <laughs> Big England. Uh, <laughs> 
I've, I've no, my final one is a list of times Wales has led the way in the UK, and I did this because of all the hoo ha around the old twenty miles per hour. Um, <sighs> so you know what? Have you got this? I'm rubbing my hands right now because I'm <laughs> I'm so I reckon I'll be so on board. I assume I'll be unless you're just <laughs> all these years. <laughs> You've been pretending to be like aligned with my my values and <laughs> gonna fucking do me in. No, I go I, on. I, tell I, me. Let uh, me in. So Wales was the first country to do free prescriptions. The Tories were Boom. so against it. The Tories thought Boom. this would cripple us, and it's one of our best things. So if you need medicine, it's you know in the UK it's free at the point of service if you go to the NHS. But in England, if you want to pick up your prescription, you'd have to pay for it. In Wales, it's Baby. completely free. It, I, I'm going. I'm having something done in surgery soon, and I'm going to get some medication for it. Um, I'm getting diazepam, which is fucking class. It's like it's and you're se- you're selling like bulk of it to me as well, aren't you? Like <laughs> well, I wish distributing. They, they give me one pill of diazepam. It's like fucking, <sighs> fucking I'm a big boy. Fridges, I like can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. But they, so you yeah, but you get you know any medication that you want or any prescriptions you want. So say if you have got a cold, or whatever, <sighs> it's free. In. Yeah. Tune in a year from now, listeners, when Franco's an absolute addict. Yeah, opioid crisis. <laughs> the opioid <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. um, Wales was the first country in the UK to change the law around organ donation consent. So meaning you had to opt Boom. out rather than opting in. So if you were hit by a car um, and you died, um, instead of have opting in, you were you had to. So you, you know, the amount of people whose lives you saved due to this was absolutely like, yeah. huge. I mean, you're, there was you're still... automatically you you die yeah. of whatever cause. You're automatically your hearts and lungs and whatever yeah. like, go, go on to save lives that need to it rather than rather than they don't and then someone has to consent to I it. I mean, yeah, there's still so. there's still things where family members get involved. And I used to work in the NHS as a as an auxiliary mm. nurse, and we deal with this sometimes where families don't want to. But even if it's like that's my wish has always been, if I die, please give everything in my body to someone else. Like if I could help someone mm. else survive, why would you not? And also, and my rule would be, if you don't want to give your organs to anybody else, you shouldn't be allowed any. It's to say, if you were going to be hit by something, if you don't have the compassion to give your organs away to people, then you shouldn't be allowed to have them yourselves. Um, but that's <laughs> that's not what they did. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say if you if you were going to give them up, you shouldn't be allowed in. Someone would like come around, not you kick your fucking door in, and be like, right, your organs are mine now. You're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. No, but do you know what I mean? Fucking say selfish if, prick. Say no, yeah, you, you shouldn't be allowed uh, an liver. organ donation if you're yeah. not willing to give your fucking liver yeah. or your when fucking dead. Uh, a lung yeah. to someone or some shit yeah. when you're when dead. You're, it means and you nothing. You don't deserve to have them if you get into a car crash. Yeah, when you die. You, the people think, oh, I don't want to mess with the body when they're dead. When you die anyway, they embalm you, they cut you open, they put stuff inside you so you don't rot when you go into your. So you, you are cut, you are giblets around anyway. So it's just mm. you know they're the first people in the UK not to, to be, do that. Not to be too graphic, right? But let's say you were in a car crash and you had your smash yeah. like sm- your face smashed Ooh. to smithereens, right? A a guy in a mortuary will like try his best to, like fix your face back together. And do all that, right? If if you're okay with that, let him take your fucking kidney or your fucking heart, or whatever. Like good point, well made. Good point, well made. There we are. You're on. Um, I've done it. So obviously, there's a twenty mile per hour thing now, which to me doesn't affect us. You live in a car. If you don't, it's we've had twenty mile per hour roads here. Twenty mile per hour roads here for ages anyway. Mm. I mean, you know, we have to you start can't cutting go, down. You can't go above fucking twenty in town anyway. Don't be I know. Yeah. I mean, it, people have their own views on it, and I, I, I think if it's, I don't have kids, and I don't want to have kids, but if it saves a child's life, I'm sure it's more important. Mate, and there's those... I thought, I thought this the other day, right? 
if me driving at 20 mile an hour, like for fucking the rest of my days, saves one kid's life, that's probably yeah. worth it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what, you're just doing 20, 10 mile an hour less than I was before. Like it, it makes it, it, there's been such minimal impact on it of how actually, how long it actually, how long it adds to your journey. I don't want to get bogged in that because I know it's contentious at the moment, but I just think, chill yeah, out, guys. Yeah. It's like I, <laughs> all, all the, the 20, 20, uh, anti 20 eds are going to fucking yeah. leave our part now. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, they also Wales the first place to ever introduce the Future Generations Act, um, so that there was it won praise yes. from the United Nations, um, and there's a similar plan now in England, slowly make its way through Commons, and there's an Australian, a former Wallabies rugby captain turned Senator David Pocock, is trying to bring in a similar law into Australia, and what that is, it's like a it's a a promise that those who are in power now will look after the future generations. You know, so what we're doing now. It's like yeah. that old Roman saying, like, uh, society grows best when old men plant trees in the shade they know they'll never sit in. And it's the idea, like, if you're doing something for the future that won't affect you, that's that's what we should be doing. You know, yeah, we should be it's trying to the thing after. you're held accountable to, a thing of you can't yeah. just fuck over the next and like, generation. Like for me like and you, we don't, we're not, we, us and our partners have openly, we've had the conversation a lot that we're not having children. We don't want to have children, mm. um, but we still feel a commitment to not fuck things up so badly that future generations will have it. Yeah, it's, it's not a thing of like going. Well, I don't have kids, so oh, I tell you what, I'll just, I I want to fuck everything up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I'm I'm more than happy to do my bit to like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like sort of nice make human. the world a little bit better for the people who come after. Yeah. Like it's fine. Yeah. Um. Alright, your last one. Oh, my last one, right. So this one is is sort of very in line with our ethos. Did you know the first ever canned beer in Europe oh. was made oh, in did. Wales? In 1936, at the Vel Brewery in Llanelli, Uh they introduced its pale ale in a new cone-type design making it the first beer in Europe available in cans. So, without Old Valenvoil Brewery, we might, I might not be sitting here, you might not be sitting there, with a nice cold tin. Be- so, oh. fucking hats off to them. And if you ask me, that's one of the most, uh, I don't know, the biggest contribution to history, maybe, ever. So what is it, the oldest can ever made? The uh, Well, in Europe. First ever canned beer in Europe was made in Wales in 1936 in a place in Clenetley, Valley Brewery. They're still going to this day. Um, and yeah, like... We should, pff, we should like, get one. The boys. The boys, because back then, I mean, before that, what was it? Pour me a pint and then try and run it to me, you know? Well, I, I always think like, that. I always think, oh, it'd be quite, <laughs> maybe quite fun to go back in time and be like a... Uh, see what it's like around Old England during the time. I think, well, they still have, like, um, taverns, but all their beers would be fucking roasted, like, lukewarm or hot, because it'll, like, would, would lager be cold back in the day? Yeah. Well, they used to have, like, um, they probably it was like rudimentary, like, cooling rooms, you know, and stuff yeah. like that, but I know what you mean, that if it was a hot day, you'd have a hot beer, do you know what I mean? It <laughs> yeah. was like, and also, yeah. it wasn't, like, lager like we had, these days it was like put some hops in some water leave it stew yeah. for like a fucking month and be like drink that you old scrub you know <laughs> <laughs> that's all you but i think they were i think they probably were a bit cold if they were kept outside maybe but yeah I think, I don't... well that's where like pub sellers come from right is because you kept it underground so it would keep a little bit cooler i don't know 
But there wasn't pumps back then. You'd have to just actually get it from there. I don't know. <laughs> it would be grim, wouldn't it? It would be so, like, Oh, it would be grim. We romanticise it, but yeah, fucking hell, it would be yeah. horrible. Um, well, that's that brings us to the end of our uh, a very drunk classic uh, second episode record mm. of Rambling Madness. Um, so we'll edit around as much as we can to deliver something more palatable. But like I said at the start of this episode, uh, we, you've embraced the sweaty drunk and now you have to deal with your, your actions, your consequences. <laughs> yeah. Ta-da, guys. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. <laughs>